Thanks for tuning in to today's Horsewoman podcast. Our show explores women in the horse industry as they share their dreams, challenges, successes. What drives these women? Well, let's find out. Hi, I'm Rose Cushing, host of today's Horsewoman podcast. Today, my guest is Shannon Wolf, and I'm so excited to work with Shannon. Her father wrote a book about Secretariat. He was a photojournalist back in the day, and this is the 50th anniversary of Secretariat's win. So, Shannon, welcome to the show. Uh, good morning, Rose. It's nice to be here. Um, so, I come from a horse family. Um, all of my immediate family are horse people. My grandparents on both sides. Uh, my mother was an NYRA uh, trainer. Um, my dad was a steeplechase rider and uh, then was also a photojournalist and author. And he worked for the Daily Racing Forum from 1969 until 1977. And then went on to manage uh, steeplechase courses after that. Um, I grew up in my grandparents' house. Uh, my grandfather was a Hall of Fame polo player and polo manager. And my other grand set of grandparents, my dad's parents, um, his father was a steeplechase trainer and was also in the Hall of Fame. Wow, that, that's amazing. What a background. <laughs> so I kind of couldn't avoid being around horses and learning how to ride. And uh, they all sent me to college and said, you're not going to be in the horse business. But I, di I did go to college. But uh, lo and behold, uh, I have three horses on my little farm here. And I try to ride as often as I can. And I just love it. Now, what discipline do you like to ride in? Um, I grew up fox hunting and showing uh, in hunters and equitation. And um, I got away from all that, and now um, my most favorite thing to do is uh, riding on the trails. I love to go out cross-country and get lost in the woods and uh, enjoy my horses and nature, and that's, that's just heaven to me. I agree. That's my favorite thing to do with my horses as well. I'm a nature girl, and I love to be out in the woods, so that's how I, my soul speaks. So Get tell me about your dad's book, because with the Kentucky Derby just running yesterday and this being the 50th anniversary of a particular horse, let's talk about that a little. Yes. Um, my dad wrote the best-selling book, uh, Secretariat. Um, it was first published in 1974, and it's currently coming out in its eighth edition for the 50th anniversary. Um, and I also was able to produce an audio book, uh, something my dad never got to do. He passed away in 2018. And in the past couple of years, um, I managed to independently work with an audio book producer and a wonderful narrator, and we now have an audio book of Secretariat. Um, dad was in the right place at the right time. He was working as the chief photographer for the Daily Racing Forum, um, and in 1972, he was covering Reaver Ridge and was following Reaver Ridge on his um, Triple Crown 
uh, journey. Of course, he did not win the Triple Crown. He won the Kentucky Derby in 1972. He lost the Preakness and then came back to win the Belmont Stakes. Um, during that time, my dad was spending a lot of time in Lucian Lauren's uh, barn. Uh, he was great friends with Lucian Lauren and Ron Turcott uh, because my dad had been a jockey himself and had been in the race business for a long, long time. So he was very comfortable there and very welcomed in the barn. And uh, they said, you know, Ramey, you really ought to check out Reva Ridge's stable mate, this big, fat chestnut colt that was only two years old, and it was Secretariat. And so my dad started photographing and following Secretariat before he even ran his first race, uh, which was on the 4th of July in 1972. And then it became very obvious that he was going to be a superstar and my dad was right there with him for the whole time. And uh, at the end of 1973, he started writing his book, Secretariat, which is uh, almost 100% my dad's photographs. There are a few um, AP photographs in there, but the whole book is all my dad's photographs and his story of Secretariat's journey. It was on the New York Times bestseller list. Uh, in 1975, and like I said, it's in its eighth edition, and it just keeps keeps chugging along. People uh, people love this story, and they love Secretariat. Well, absolutely, and how could you not? I mean, even if you're not a racing buff, Secretariat was an, an amazing horse with a heart so big. Uh, is the story is priceless. Yes, and, you know, there's something about that, and I think one of the things that my dad uh, really emphasized in his book uh, was he wanted the book to be for every fan, um, and he insisted that there be a glossary in the back of the book. He worked very hard to write the book in such a way that not only was he talking about Secretariat's story, but he was talking about horse racing and explaining horse racing to people, and and the ins and outs and what happens on the back stretch and how horses are taken care of. Um, and the, and the, whole, uh, the whole story is, is there to educate people. And on top of it, and I think you know this, Secretariat was an American hero at a very difficult time in American history. Absolutely. Um, Watergate was happening, Vietnam uh, we were on the tail end of Vietnam. America was in uh, a lot of trouble. And this horse, not only was he just a superstar, but he caught the imagination of, of fans of all across the country because he was, he was something positive. He was something uh, to look up to at, in a very difficult time. Yes. And in the 70s, you know, back back in that era, people, we had heroes. You know, we had cowboy heroes and, and horse heroes, and we believed in miracles. And it was such a different time. And like you say, he did capture the imagination that anything is possible. Yes. Yeah. And there was, uh, you know, also... A lot of my dad's pictures, one of the things I loved about my dad's pictures is not only does he 
He's a great racehorse photographer, but he loves photographing crowds. And so many of his pictures uh, that are that are in the book and also in his archive, which I manage now, um, are pictures of crowds at the races and the breadth of um, people that love Secretariat. You know, there's like there are all these young hippies. There is uh, an incredible diversity of of, of people in these crowds, um, old people, young people, white people, black people, you name it, yeah. everybody, everybody's there and everybody's together. And it's really, really uh, joyful to look at. Absolutely. I was just thumbing through some of your pictures on, on your page on Facebook. And, you know, one thing your dad did really well was he showed the love that people felt about horses and racing and this horse in particular. And you see it in his photos. You feel it. Yes. He, he uh, grew up in a steeplechasing family and uh, in South Carolina. And um, he had a real appreciation for the people who worked on the backstretch. And his book, I think... Um, reflect something that was very important to him, which was to emphasize that it wasn't just the owners and the trainers and the people that you saw in uh, the clubhouse and in the boxes at the races, that, that there were the people on the backstretch. And he, he brought Eddie Sweat, who was Secretariat's groom, yep. to the forefront in his photographs. And that was new. Um, before Dad's book, that was not something that was done uh, in horse racing, uh, public relations, and news, and stories. Um, Dad was really the first one to start, uh, start doing that. Um, you would see a lot of pictures going all the way back, you know, to the 1920s, 30s, 40s, with great horses standing with their, uh, with their grooms. And their grooms were never named. Um, except for Man of War's group. They, would, they, they definitely would always tell you who he was. But most of the time, they were almost, they were just treated as uh, anonymous figures in the background. And my dad brought Eddie to the forefront, um, and I will always be proud of him for doing that. That was something that was really important to him, and, and I think it created a whole new dialogue uh, in stories about horse racing from then on. I think that's really something to be proud of as well, because during that era, black people were not featured in anything. They were kind of invisible. So your father was, you know, very strong and confident to put him in his work and name him. Yeah. I mean, I have uh, in my dad's archive all the stuff that he saved. One of the things I have is he saved all of the magazine articles and and reviews of the book when it first came out in uh, late 74 and early 75. And uh, there was a big article about Secretariat in Ebony Magazine, that in Ebony Magazine, and yeah. I have a copy of it. Wow. And it's, it's just wonderful, you know. It, uh, it just shows that, that the diversity of people that were interested uh, in the book and, um, and the, the, the feat that my dad accomplished by crossing cultural uh, divides at that time with this story. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. And and your dad helped to catapult the fact that this horse kind of united our nation again in a lot of ways. Yeah. I mean, and you see that you saw this weekend, um, you know, all the, the uh, you know, if you got past all the partying and all that, there was a, a wonderful cadre of people who went to the Derby to celebrate the 50th anniversary. Yes. And, um, you know, the Secretariat uh, mint julep cops and all the pictures and people were posting all over the all, all over Facebook and Instagram and TikTok and all of it uh, talking about you know talking about Secretariat and most of all talking about their memories. People who said you know I was there when he won. I mean that's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> and how cool was it that a sorrel horse won yesterday? I mean, that, yeah. you know, I mean, I, I told Rod, I said, you know, maybe this horse is, is the next generation secretariat. We can only pray. Yeah. Well, you know, you gotta, you gotta love a big chest. Well, actually he was a little chestnut horse that won on Saturday. Yeah. Um, you know, but to, you know, a red horse is, is a powerful thing. It, it is indeed. It definitely <laughs> is. So tell me a little bit about, you said your, your father's parents were, your his dad was in the Polo Hall of Fame. Tell me a little bit about that. Oh, that's my mom's, my mom's dad. Okay. Um, but yeah, my grandfather uh, who raised me and taught me to ride, was, his name was Tommy Glenn. And he's in, he was inducted into the Polo Hall of Fame when he was 97 years old. Wow. Um, he spent his entire life uh, playing polo. He, he went to Harvard. Um, he was a, a day student at Harvard. Uh, he was one of the first Irishmen to go to Harvard, which was kind of a big deal. Um, and he was on the Harvard polo team that was national champ in 1928. And then... Um, and, and this is all despite the fact that he was not a wealthy man. Right. Um, and then he met my grandmother, and they got married uh, in 1931. And he uh, managed the polo um, at the Fairfield County Hunt Club in Fairfield, Connecticut. And he played uh, polo all over New England. Um, he played on Squadron A in New York. And uh, he played with some of the best people, Thomas Hitchcock, um, you know, you name it. He was, he was with the, the most illustrious polo players of his time. And then as time went on, he became sort of a, uh, a guru to people coming up in polo. And um, his last really big feat in his last 20 years of his life was um, he taught uh, Peter Brandt, who is uh, a fairly well-known racehorse owner, mm -hmm. um, and he uh, is very, very uh, well-known in, in the art circles, too. He's an art collector. And my dad, my grandfather taught him how to play polo, and then they uh, built a polo club in Greenwich, Connecticut, and they also uh, reopened the Polo Club in Saratoga, which had been closed for many, many years. And Peter bought the, the club up there. And with my grandfather's help, they, they reopened it. And they would have a, uh, they still to this day have a, um, a big polo uh, 
season up there during the uh, Saratoga meet. So when everybody goes to the races up there, there's also the polo going on, and uh, it's it's great fun. So, That's cool. Uh, he he spent his whole life in polo, and they honored him uh, with the Hall of Fame induction in 1990 when he was 97 years old in 2001, right before he died. So it was it was kind of bittersweet, but he at least knew that he'd been inducted. That is that is wonderful, wonderful. Now, was your grandmother in the horses? She was. Uh, she did not grow up, grow up in a horse family, but she started riding as a young girl uh, in boarding school, and she fox hunted and went to horse shows, and um, she was a very, very wonderful horsewoman in her own right. And then you was one of the pe- people who taught me to ride also. And then your mom? Their daughter, she was a, a famous horse person in her own right. Yes, she, uh, of course, having my grandparents as her parents, uh, they put her on a horse before she could walk, and uh, she grew up showing. She uh, competed at Madison Square Garden um, and was a professional uh, show rider in the late 1950s and early 1960s, and she rode uh, show horses for um, Elio Sears, and um, traveled up and down the East Coast riding hunters and um, just went in all over the place. And then after she and my dad uh, went separate ways in the uh, late 60s, uh, she decided to make her way to the racetrack, and she became one of the first women to uh, gain an NYRA uh, trainer's license. Um, she galloped horses for Alan Jerkin, Elliot Birch. Um, she even rode Onion. Wow. She galloped, she galloped Onion while, while working for Alan Jerkin. Um, and then she ran her own uh, training barn for uh, quite a while and ended up leaving New York and uh, living in North Carolina and then South Carolina. She had a training center where she broke horses and um, also uh, did rehabs and, you know, horses would come to her for the winter for the rest and then go back, you know, go back to the track. Mm -hmm. Uh, And now she's retired. That is fantastic. You didn't have any choice but to be a horsewoman. Oh, it was, in fact, when I was a little kid, I didn't understand that other kids didn't have horses and didn't ride. I thought everybody had horses. <laughs> I can see. I can yeah. see why you would. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what do you mean you don't have a horse? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I can see that for sure.
So did you get bit by the journalism bug or the writing bug? Um, I was, I think my dad, being around my dad, uh, going to the racetrack with him and getting to visit the Daily Racing Forum offices as a little kid and being in the dark room and stuff like that. Um, I just sort of had always loved writing. That was the other thing that I liked to do besides writing. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, started uh, writing a lot of short stories as a teenager, and I majored in English at the University of North Carolina in Greensboro, and was even published in the Greensboro Review as an undergraduate. Um, and that's something that I've always done, um, and I have have a few memoirs that are kind of under my belt, but not published. I haven't. I haven't worked really hard at getting published. Um, I I enjoy the process, and hopefully in the next two to three years, uh, you might be seeing more of me as a published writer. Very nice. <laughs> um, yeah. Very nice. So you live in North Carolina now. Mm-hmm. And you're, you have a farm. Now, do you have your book, your dad's books, that you can send out like a personalized copy or should people, where should people buy those books? Um, right now they're available. The Secretariat, the 50th anniversary edition is available from Roman and uh, Littlefield is the publisher. Um, and it's available for pre-order through Roman and Littlefield and also through um, any of the major internet booksellers like Amazon. Um, Barnes and Noble, uh, all those. So you can go online and pre-order that. The audio book, which we produce, if you go to Audible or Amazon, uh, you'll find it there. And also, there's a whole lot of other audio book dealers out there on the internet. Um, and Secretariat, the audio book, is, is available widely. Um, but when you look up Secretariat, by Raven G. Wolf, you'll you'll hit the book and the audiobook all at the same time. Okay. That sounds great. So how can people follow you if they want to see what's going on and, and keep up with your, your dad's work and your own work? I have an Instagram page. Okay. How did what is it called? Secretariat. Okay. On Instagram. All right. That's easy enough to remember. So, folks, if you have any love of horses at all, buy that 50th anniversary edition because you will treasure it for a long, long time. It's been so good to talk to you today, Shannon. I really enjoyed it, and I can't wait to see what comes from you in the future. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. And as always, thank you guys for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's show. Our souls wander in similar places. Even though we may not know each other, we touch the same wind, we walk under the same sky, and our hearts wander in the same dreams. We are one, women just like you and me. Thank you for listening.